This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Everyone needs more vacation, right? The new United Gateway card knows how to take you away with great travel rewards and no annual fee, ever. The wait for vacation is over. Tap now or visit unitedgatewaycard.com to apply. Everyone needs more vacation, right? The new United Gateway card knows how to take you away with great travel rewards and no annual fee, ever. The wait for vacation is over. Tap now or visit unitedgatewaycard.com to apply. Here's the scenario. Your insurance company is denying your long-term disability claim despite the fact that you've paid premiums for years and your own doctor insists that you're not well enough to work. If this sounds familiar, call Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. You'll speak with me, Brian Goldfinger, a licensed and experienced lawyer who practices exclusively on behalf of accident victims, disability claimants, and their families. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Get Goldfinger today. You know what I want. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, here to detail for you the Raptors' latest win, their third in a row, and it was against the Minnesota Timberwolves by a score of 122-112. to you know, it was spurred on by a, a really late game charge. The Raptors, they had, a, I believe, a 19-1 run in that fourth quarter. That really helped them step away from the Wolves. But with any game, though, it's a game of runs, but it requires a full effort throughout the full 48 minutes. And the Raptors, they brought that in this one, even if things were a little bit hectic early on. The start of this game was really interesting with the Raptors flashing a bit of zone defense at the Wolves, initially trying to coax maybe some... Some shots out of the mid-range, out of the gaps in their zone from them, maybe from Cat or Andrew Wiggins, not too sure. But the Wolves, they went hard charging into the paint. They made the Raptors' defense shift without filling that much. The rotations weren't so crisp. They did a really good job. Andrew Wiggins um, was probably the, the biggest person in this. He did a really good job of breaking down the Raptors' defense and then kicking out to open shooters. Jarrett Culver, you know, their rookie being the biggest benefactor of that, hitting his career high in triples in the first quarter. Andrew Wiggins hitting his, well, season high in assists, eventually career high in assists, but season high in assists in the second quarter, doing a really good job of stirring up the Raptors' defense. Usually in the first half, that was leading to three-point opportunities, and especially in the first quarter. On the other side of things, the Raptors doing a really good job, Kyle Lowry especially, of getting things headed downhill, getting towards the paint. So we saw this juxtaposition, I guess, of the Wolves who were playing really high-level offense scoring from downtown, 
and we have the Raptors on the other side getting to the rim. And what that did lead to was a 39-32 lead for the Wolves after the first quarter. And that was great for the Wolves. And, you know, they had played really well. Their broadcast was really happy with it and really happy with Kyle Lowry as well. Their broadcast, I just want to highlight, they were fantastic at what they did. No ref talk, only ever highlighting the good parts about the game. Really, really talked glowingly about almost every single player on the floor. Had a lot of knowledge based on every single player. They were even talking about how Pascal Siakam wasn't really going to be a priest. They were saying that that was actually something that he put to bed. They were saying he was in a school, a Catholic school, that did make kids into priests, but he was never formally going to do that. So that that has been parroted by, you know, myself, by countless other media members for how long, and I learn it from the Minnesota Timberwolves broadcast. So shame on me, maybe, but kudos to them. They just had a lot of knowledge about whether it was Fred, Kyle, Pascal, Mark, all of their games, they knew them really intimately and were really looking to talk about them well. And I, you know, as a guy who watches the opposing team's broadcasts, I do enjoy an even-handed, you know, broadcast. It's something that I really look forward to and I enjoy listening a lot because I think I fall in that boat as well. So to see that happen was cool, but I'm on a bit of a, a tangent and uh, I'll get out of it. So the Raptors giving up a lot of three-pointers, taking a lot of stuff at the basket, introducing some more split action to their offense. That's with Marcus All almost at the top of the perimeter, looking out, they're running that split action play, whether either Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry's popping, or Pascal Siakam, Norm Powell, guy like that diving to the rim. Two great success. The Raptors, not only in the first quarter, but Throughout the game, especially in the first three quarters, found a lot of stuff working in the, out of the split action. And that hasn't been a feature of the Raptors' offense for that long, especially since Gasol just maybe a little bit not as involved in the offense sometimes in the early part of the season. And then being injured, of course. So he looks really sharp. The Raptors are taking advantage of that, putting the ball in his hands quite often. That's why we see at the end of this game, Fred with 29 points, Kyle with 28, only combining for four assists. That really highlights how the Raptors played tonight and that they didn't need those two to be creators, but finishers in this game. And that was really something that was the Raptors have that ability because of Gasol's playmaking and Siakam's, of course. But that was something that was cool to see in the Raptors. Even though Jarrett Culver hit a bunch of threes in the first quarter, you kind of knew the Raptors were in a good spot. They're going to figure it out defensively. You know, it's not every day that Wiggins has that many assists. It's not every day that Jarrett Culver hits that many three-pointers. Wiggins kept it going, Culver not so much, and we saw that as we go into the second quarter and beyond, the Timberwolves, their prolific performance, their proficient performance from downtown, that waned, whereas the Raptors were still able to get to the rim, they were able to draw a lot of the Minnesota defense in, start kicking out, and start to work in their own three-point game as well, so they started working their way back into it, and with a lot of success. You know, they got it close and even took the lead on that pet hammer play where Fred Van Vliet runs to the corner after they set that screen. Lowry comes down the other side of the floor, runs straight to the baseline and starts running that bowling ball type pass along the baseline as, you know, Van Vliet's leaking to the corner. Gasol, big time screener, setting it for him there, hitting a three. The Raptors climbed all the way back into it. But the end of the second quarter, it just kind of got bogged down a little bit. There's some foul calls. There's a bit of rough housing as well. So things got kind of slow. And when the game got slow, the Raptors weren't as able to work themselves into transition. 
The offense bogged down a little bit. Things weren't moving that well, but it was only for roughly a three-minute stint. But the Raptors did forfeit the lead just for a little bit, going down 62-58 into halftime. But things are still good. The Raptors still look good. There's just a couple mental lapses that have them in not as good a position. But, uh, you know, a likable first half, a lot of things to like. And before we get out of discussing the first half, I do just want to highlight Norm Powell did a really great job of attacking off the weak side and initiating his own offense, which is a new step for him. Whereas there was that quote, I think from a couple days ago, where Nick Nurse was saying, we're starting to target Norm in some play types and say, hey, you're the trigger man, or you're going to be the guy who gets the ball. We need you to spot up right here. We need you to knock that down. Or we need you to take that dribble handoff from Gasol get going downhill, and we need you to make the right read. And he's responded in spades. He's done a wonderful job in all those aspects. Even though the three-point shot wasn't really going for him tonight, that's been a staple of his surge in play, I should say. But he was fantastic going to the rim. He used his steps well. He changed pace, and he changed speeds. And he was I thought his playmaking going downhill was definitely, it's not incredible, but it was good. I was content with it. I was happy. So to see him do that, another feature of the Raptors offense, just wonderful to see. But to get into the third quarter in the second half, the Raptors, the biggest adjustment they made was how they were playing defense, navigating the screen game, doing a much better job in particular with cats popping in the pick and pop. And just the way you navigate some plays is really how you stop certain teams. Like with Dallas, when the Raptors fell to Dallas the first time, then played them without Luka the second time. I want to talk about the first time here. When they were able to slow down Luka's pick and roll, that was when they started making run the game. But Luka got used to that really fast, started reading the Raptors' rotations, started making the pass in the proper place. And so what we saw was the Raptors, their defense was being broken down before they could even react because Luka was passing against the second action of the Raptors' defense. And that put the Raptors in a really tough hole. But the Wolves, they weren't able to do that. So the Raptors were able to be really, really proactive in that. And so their their coverage of that play, really good. They really started to clamp down the Wolves from there. And they got a run. And they started running some split action on the other side, still seeing Fred Van Vliet popping, still seeing Kyle Lowry popping. And Lowry, to his credit, scoring 17 points in the third quarter, really driving the Raptors forward in transition, rapid relocation to spot up when they're playing in the half court and drove that Raptors offense. The 17 points, as I mentioned, that's fantastic to see Lowry and a very efficient 17 points as well. So he's getting the rebound. He's looking up. He's trying to find Pascal Siakam. Not happening. Pascal's not there. So he starts running it up. One on three. The Wolves, not really spacing out their defense, not getting back super well. So Lowry picks the guy. And you can see it happening from about three-quarters court. You can see the guy who Lowry sees is kind of fumbling his legs under him, turning over each shoulder, trying to get a bead on Lowry instead of getting sideways and making sure Lowry can't get past him on one side and playing him into help. That wasn't happening. They're being really clumsy in how they're giving him the lane. So he goes in with his shoulder, draws an end one, kind of a Lowry staple. And we see plays like that. That's what we love to see from Kyle Lowry. And Fred Van Vliet, for what it's worth, doing the same types of things. Not as um, grifty, of course. You know, Fred Van Vliet loves that step through and goes to his left hand for that big swooping finish. Lowry more of that hard-charging shoulder finish with two hands on the ball, go up at the rim. 
but both are good and both worked in this game so I was really happy to see that in the Raptors they really took control in that third quarter and that that's pretty much all we want to see basically but it was definitely driven by the two guards Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry and that five-point lead they took into the fourth quarter that just kept on growing because of that 19-1 run they were able to trot out against the Wolves the Wolves who had played seemingly above their heads for a large part of the game playing really well and kudos to them for that except for Carl Anthony Towns who Marcus all did a fantastic job on for most of the game it's let's see his stats right here I'm pretty sure he finished with 12 or 14 points yeah 12 points six rebounds six assists six assists is of course great from a big man and if we had six assists from Mark that'd be fantastic I think Mark finished with four but regardless Cat is a multi-dimensional player. He's one of the best big man scorers we've seen in quite some time. So even to get 12 points and six assists out of him, that's you know a huge nod to the defense that Marcus All played. And that 19-1 run that the Raptors had, still we see Fred VanVleet's hand in that. But also Serge Ibaka, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Norm Powell doing a really good job, especially let's say Norm Powell and Serge Ibaka with that second unit of just beating up on the Wolves' second unit, just being better bench players and showing the quality of depth that the Raptors have. So they break off that run. The Wolves, they put their starters back into it. The Raptors, they do the same. Things kind of shake out a little bit, but they end up 122-112. They win the game handily, and another below 500 team beat the Raptors, looking like they could break off a really, really mean winning streak. I mean, you could go as high as 10 or 11 games maybe if you wanted to be optimistic, but I think they should be able to break off either on the front end or the second end, at least a five or six game winning streak, just with seeing who the Raptors are playing coming up. But they have the Hawks next and then Philly, and I'm excited to see them play Philly without Joel Embiid because I think that's one of the most interesting stories of this year is the Embiid-Simmons synergy or lack thereof, right? And to see how the... The 76ers will play without Simmons. I'm really interested for that. But the Raptors do wrap up this game. They win by 10. It's a fun win. It's For me, I just love seeing the split action the Raptors are running. I like how variable-based their offense is. There's a lot of different ways it can go. That means they're going to be a hell of an out in the playoffs because you can't clamp down on one thing with them. It's exciting stuff. I love to watch it as a basketball geek and very happy for it. The Reggie Evans Award goes to... Pascal Siakam I think he's definitely deserving this wasn't his most sterling offensive performance we've seen he's the player probably who has the most work to do with his conditioning on getting back into shape because a Marcus all who also had a lower body extremity that was injured he doesn't do as much running as Pascal Siakam certainly not on offense certainly not on defense and Pascal Siakam with his groin injury not all the way back in his conditioning but tonight Still works so hard on the back end of the defense. His closeouts, his recoveries, his help side rotation, really impressive stuff, and he killed it defensively. I think that even though it wasn't a sterling offensive performance, there's still lots to love from Pascal in this game. The back end of the Raptors' defense does not look the same without him, and that was really important against this Wolves team that was very dependent on the pass tonight. There wasn't a whole bunch of one-on-one going on. OG Ananobi was muted as a defender in this game because of how the Wolves decide to attack the Raptors' defense. And that's a nod to the Raptors' defense and how many unique looks they can throw at a team that they make the other team's offense morph and change and have to do different things because it's zone one moment or it's this really heavy trapping defense that isn't quite a zone or it could be something as rudimentary as a a three and two 
a box and one. The Raptors are willing. Nick Nurse is willing to throw everything at it. And we've seen a full court press even. Half court presses. Lots of different stuff. So Pascal Siakam in a defense that really needs him as a linchpin for movement and for recovery. I thought he did a fantastic job defensively tonight. And what 14 points on 6-10 shooting? That's not so bad. I mean, there was a, a time and place where that would be an incredible Pascal Siakam game. So lots to like there too. The top quick reaction comment from Wildling number one, quote, I've expressed a lot of skepticism regarding Fred this season, but man, this dude can impact the game. Great to see him back. Celtics lose their third in a row. Raptors win their third in a row and take over third seed. A nice evening, end quote. Yeah, super nice to see Fred. I was also one of those, it's tough to say doubters because I thought he was fantastic in his role. He's just exceeded his role, you know, and I thought that he was a certain step lower as a playmaker than he's shown to be. I've certainly believed in his his shooting ability and his defending ability, but he's taken that next step as as a, a playmaker, and that does open up a lot of the Raptors' offense, and that does allow, it does embolden Kyle Lowry to play off ball. It does help guys like Pascal Siakam a lot, and as we've seen, as far as Van Vliet getting to the rim, pushing in transition, that helps a lot too. These are all improvements he's made this year, and they really help when he's going to put up 29 points, four assists, four steals. It's just really impressive stuff. So yeah, Wildling, I think you're 100% correct with that. Thanks for the input. But for me, that's it. I'm done. I'm out of here. But thank you very much for listening. Whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more.